0: support for this podcast comes from re michael company with more than 270 sales locations coast to coast re michael has grown to be one of the nation's leading wholesale distributors of hvacr equipment parts and supplies our conveniently located branches carry an extensive inventory that meets the needs of its own market and its own customers and if we don't have it we'll find it It's our mission to make the supply side of your HVACR business as easy as possible. CertainPath members have access to a generous rebate program, too. For more information, go to your CertainPath hub or email their CertainPath representative at tracy.johnson at remichael.com or call 410-553-3714. And Professional Plumbing Group. How many hours in a day do your plumbers waste because you don't have the right part for the job? This problem leads to additional issues and reduced productivity, poor customer satisfaction, and increases your cost per job. Professional Plumbing Group, or PPG, can help you solve all those issues and more. We have everything you need to help your business grow and become more profitable by allowing you to focus on plumbing, not inventory management. Go to AuthorizedPlumberProgram.com for more information. Welcome to the Successful Contractor, powered
1: by CertainPath, formerly Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houch. As a reminder, all episodes of the Successful Contractor are available on YouTube, as well as your podcast player of choice. And for more information on how CertainPath can put your contracting company on a Certain Path to Success, visit our website, www.mycertainpath.com. Or give us a call at 866-299-8505. Today's show is another Certain Path member discussion. These are interactive live programs where I interview Certain Path members on a particular topic. The topic of this call, planning for growth. How do you get appropriately ready for the next fiscal year? I'll let my guests introduce themselves in a moment. I hope you enjoy the show and take away nugget or two. Thank you everyone for joining us for another Certain Path member discussion. Certain Path member discussions are your opportunities to hear from members like you, explain what they're doing to be successful. So think of it as a little slice of Expo coming to you through your computer. Uh, today's topic is one that's timely, planning for growth. Uh, if you don't have your plan for 23 complete, my hope is you're in the midst of that planning process. I know it's not the most fun part of running a business, but it's the one that has to be done. Uh, There's an expression I like. Uh, It goes like this, a dream's nothing but a wish without a plan, but with proper planning, dreams can come true. Uh, We have two sensational members with us today to talk about how they approach planning, and I'll introduce them in just a moment. But before doing so, as a reminder, as we talk about today's topic, if you have a question, please write it in the box at the bottom of your screen, the last 10 minutes or so in the hour. I'll ask uh, our panelists those questions, and uh, we'll go from there. So without further ado, here are our panelists. Uh, First, we have Reagan Thomas from Travis Electrical Services in Clarksville, Tennessee. Reagan. Turn you there. We go. Very good. Good to see you there. Excellent. And we also have Larry Schumacher, Shoemaker, excuse me, from Deluxe Plumbing and Heating in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Larry. There he is. Great. How are we doing, Larry? Excellent. Good, good. Well, thank you both for making time for me. I know it's uh you guys are always busy. Larry, you're in. You're in Dallas at training. So uh, I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, and you know, you guys have both been on the show before you did so well, I had to have you back. So that's kind of way I look at it. So thank you. Um, before we dig in today's topic, I wanted to talk about each of your companies, um, just kind of how the last year's gone. Reagan, you're at the top of my screen. So we'll, we'll pick on you first. Uh, how's 2022 gone? Where, where do you think you'll finish in revenue and, and profitability? Okay.
2: 2022 has been good for us. Um, yeah. it hasn't been without a daily grind. Um, it's kind of how we operate. If we go day to day. We're, some people are booked out weeks. We typically stay booked out, you know, two to three days, if that. So um, we hustle, and, uh, but we're doing all right. Right now, let's see. Right now we are at um, 2.07 million, looking to end at right at 2.3. That's and good. our profitability right now is at an 18 percent net profit
1: that's that's always helps that's good
2: there's times where it's it, it fluctuates so i don't i don't see that mostly at all we're very humbled and proud of that
1: yeah that's great well fantastic Cool. Well, thank you for sharing that reagan larry how about you guys how's the luxe been doing this year where do you think uh plumbing and and HJC and even that new electrical division how are they going to fit so uh we'll
3: hit six 6.4 this year uh we'll do right we'll just we should you know hit that eight percent net which isn't the goal but it is uh we put <laughs> it's a real it's real it's real yeah. and it's uh you know we we put a lot into uh equipment this year and we were a little bit lacking on the price uh again you know getting our prices right with uh yeah. everything going up and getting the handle on that we were lagging on books and and just price increases so it hit yeah. that hit a little bit but uh we are ready for next year we've made a lot of changes so we we should come next year's. we're looking up for next year whether, no matter what the economy does, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been it's certainly been an interesting year or two in terms of uh, changes in materials and labor costs. Yeah. And it's it's kind of bananas. Uh, you've also been helping us out. I got to pull. I got to plug it. We've got you've been you know, Missy Jones or Coach on a, a certain path and working on the new fundamentals of drain cleaning course. That's at your shop. Uh, let's see, December fifth and the sixth, right? That's right. That's right.
3: There's still room for those classes. Uh, there's going to be hands on. Uh, there'll be equipment there. Uh, they're gonna be able to see, you know, get some tricks on what's going on, how to present things with the customer, uh, and, you know, how to get into other other stuff after that drain cleaning.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's a little technical, it's a little communication, so it's the best of both. That's overall. right, it yeah, is. So, very excited, thank you for making time to do that. I gotta plug it, because I know you guys have worked hard on it, so thank you. Um, so, okay, let's go ahead and, and, and dig in today's topic of, of planning for growth, strategic planning. Uh Obviously, it kind of begins with the budgeting process and determining what your priorities are for next year. uh Reagan, let's throw it to you when when do you guys really start your planning process for the, the new fiscal? um
2: for us, it kind of feels like we're in a consistent mode of planning to be honest we don't we put together our five year plan um last year and it feels like we're consistently kind of trying to tick towards that and then we'll work backwards from some things um i would say that we're always i feel bad because i can't answer that so directly like we started this month this year we really started last year with a five year plan and then slowly working towards that and taking it in quarterly chunks of how we can approach it
1: I was going to say, you guys work on a quarterly, You, the whole management team, right? You guys kind of lock yourselves away for a half a day or a whole day. And yeah. Dig in. You're constantly in. planning.
2: Yeah, we're about, we got a lot of lofty goals um, that we want to make a reality. So we're, we're actually, uh, this Friday, starting our first session with the EOS implementation. Oh, good. Um, so we're really excited about that to make it even more tangible. And how do we take it and push it down to our team even more so that everybody's yeah. on board?
1: Mm -hmm. making it a little more systematic rather than Mm -hmm. sitting in a room and going, okay, what do we do? (laughs)
2: Now what, yeah.
1: Yeah, who's all included? Maybe share that with everybody. Who's all included in those quarterly strategy meetings?
2: So our leadership team, which is um, Chris Travis, the owner, he's the president of the company. And then Shannon Jones is our administrative manager. Stephanie Travis is the director of our apprenticeship program as well as kind of really spearheading a lot of our team member development processes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then myself uh, who's the vice president of service.
1: Very good. It's very good. And you guys just get together and it, you've had an agenda before, but like you said, you, you're gonna utilize the EOS system and, and it'll go even a little smoother. So that's great that you're constantly thinking about what's next. So that's that's fantastic. Uh, Larry, how about you guys? Well, at Deluxe, when do you start your, your planning process for the next year and, and kind of you, you hold up in a hotel for a week or do you do it continually or what do you do? I've heard all sorts of stuff. it's continued throughout the year but
3: the the things that really can you know a lot of the costs are not going to change right so you know what they're going to be the following year you know what your building cost is going to be i mean you want to plan for when you want to get into a new building and get new trucks and do those things but the the those things that really change we really start working on july um just to talk about it and then september october to get final pricing for that next year uh, mm-hmm. A lot of that's marketing, healthcare, uh, your general life, all your insurances, right? Yeah. So those are the the numbers that you can really change and tweak and try to figure out where you can cut costs and and do better at, or where right. you need to put extra extra cost into, um, you know. So that that's where we kind of that July mark we start talking about it. We talk start talking pinning agents against each other and and seeing who we want to get pricing from and, and things like that and what we want to do if we want to make any changes you know this yeah. year we're, we're we're adding a uh, short-term disability that we're giving everybody uh company paid you know that's one of the things that we wanted to do last year so we've put in that you know putting things like that in the budget
1: that's great you know and
3: looking who, at that
1: who helps you with who in the team helps you with that process are you doing it alone or or what does that look like so uh Lissa helps me with the General liability and the healthcare part of it.
3: Uh, yeah. She's our HR, and then uh, me and Heather, who runs Heather runs our office. Uh, we both do the marketing side of things. Yeah. So, uh, and that's you can spend a lot. That's a that's a big chunk of change that that can vary throughout the sure. year. So.
1: Yeah. And and is it just you just carve aside a, a couple three four hours in that summer those summer months a week or a day to do it or is it these two three weeks we're just going to hammer away at it and make calls and and just kind of approach it from there or, or. And, uh, i see a squirrel I, i'm gone so i can't i can't yeah. chunk it that much away from anything
3: <laughs> so it we we knock away at it we have a spreadsheet that we work with um yeah. and as we get prices we pin those numbers in there uh as they come in we discuss what, where we want to go and it, it's fluid throughout it, the whole thing
1: yeah Yeah. I got to ask because it it comes up a lot and and it semi pertains to this, but you you, uh, just moved into a new building a couple years ago. How long has it been? About a year and three months. A year. So how long did you take to plan for that in terms of cost and building the budget and all that kind of stuff and then plans? We
3: knew three years ahead of time that we were looking and that was only after being in that building for two years. So we were looking and trying to see what we, what we wanted and, things like that. And then, you know, as that time goes and we're growing and growing and growing out of that building, it gets more and more urgent. So Yeah. You know, yeah. we you know, the year before we knew it, it's time, we gotta really find it now. And you know, and that's a t- that's tough because there's so many things that you need in that building and trying to oh. find that and find the right
1: building for the right cost. Sure. Is tough. <laughs> sure. Even maybe more so nowadays. So very yeah. good. All right. Thank you, Larry. Uh, Reagan, how, how do you guys talk about what's the big financial goals, right? And, and, and mm-hmm. what you're going to aim for for the next year? What, you know, is it just looking back at what you did the last three years or the last year? What, I kind of mm-hmm. go, we're going to do 3 million next year or we're, you know, because some people will go, I want to double, you know, I'm like, okay, is that, re- you know, is that reasonable? So how do you guys kind of approach that?
2: Um, honestly, we look at and just say, and it sounds so rudimentary, but we just say, how many trucks do we want on the road? And we think, okay, what would it take to do? So like we did this last year, we wanted six trucks, um, by the end of the year. And so we just said, okay, that's, this is what we want. And then we just do a breakdown. Um, I talked about it at Expo, I believe, um, I'm really transparent with my team. And so basically it's like for to have a vehicle on the road. This is how much money they need to generate, which is our daily goal multiplied by how many working days there is in the year. And then boom, there we go. So we, we take the working days, which is, you know, all of the weekdays, less the six paid holidays that we have. And then, um, and that's how we kind of come up with our numbers. We we've looked at years past, as long as we see growth we're good with it, but we've had a lot of change over the past couple years. Sure. And so yeah. I don't always put it based off of past years. It's always with like you just try to keep it simple because um and there there are so many things that you could look at and evaluate and probably a lot better way to do it. But for us that transparency with our team of like hey, these are the expectations and this is how we do it. So we do based on how many vehicles we want on the road, and then back out of that. Okay, we know we need to generate this much revenue, which means we need to have this much in marketing and this many call volume and, and basing it off the DMER, honestly, yeah. that tool that we'll provide.
1: That's great. Very good. Very good. Larry, how about how about you guys? How do you uh, how do you come up with that revenue number that you want to hit in 2023? Is it, let's look at it past performance or how do you a little a stretches? little. Yeah, a
3: little bit of past performance, but really it depends on who do we have coming up, you know, what apprentices do we have sitting that are going to be ready for a truck. And cuz we really want to grow our own, own apprentices and grow our own our own people, so it's how many we're going to have in more availability ability availability in the field and then yeah. do we have the call volume can we get those calls to to keep them going? And if we know that then we can we can go back and this is what that truck should bring in, and you know, you work a little bit backwards on where that
1: budget number can be. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very good. Now, do for for either one of you, uh, when you're looking at your what your technicians are producing, you you never, you know, budget. Oh, I know we can get them to do, you know, another three hundred dollars per average ticket. Do you do you ever look at it that way, or is that dangerous in trying to do that? You're better off going. Hey, we're going to add a truck, and we know we have a company. You know average ticket of x and that's how we can project our future growth what do you what do you guys say about that either one of you (laughs)
2: i'll i'll go like even though we've had price increases and some people might cringe at this we've had price increases over the years and even this year obviously um our average ticket goal is the same as it was four years ago and yeah and um I clearly can recognize like well why would you if you have you know I get it but our average ticket goal is this our average ticket is actually a lot higher. Got and it, so I it. always want my team to know hey here's the expectation that we set and that's fine but they're always they're always exceeding that um right now our average tickets it actually literally today for this month the average ticket is 1266 it's a little good. low right now for us. Um so good. But but they do good and so again I always go back to transparency. For us, it's really big that it's not just about the money. And if we push our mission and we're pushing, giving them the tools to complete the mission, um, then the rest of it kind of flows in. And so.
1: So when when you're budgeting though, you budget off of what each tech has done previously, or you budget off that this is what our minimum per truck averages. is our
2: minimum per truck and what it is um, okay. so minimum per truck um and this is how many vehicles we have
1: right that's what we need to do so okay mm-hmm. larry how, how about you how do you guys handle that process new trucks always minimum yeah
3: existing trucks and people that have been with us for years we look at what their average is and that's that's what we plug in and that's we hope budget. they keep yeah
1: do you when you when you look at so that that's it leads beautifully to my next question was when you look at say Joe who's been with you for five years and you know he's been doing a little better each year and he's a solid performer do you say okay well you know Joe we expect you to do another X amount average ticket do you, or or do you just go hey that's what he did we're gonna hope he does that again
3: that's what he did we hope okay. he does that
1: again <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure sure do you now how do you how do you talk to Joe about that. Is it is it like a one on one? Hey, you know, Joe, you know, we we're hoping you do this. We're budgeting off of that, you know, to kind of set for him to know what is expected to him in a new fiscal year. One on one, we won't we don't have that
3: discussion for company wide. That's how we got our goal. Uh, yeah. But one on one, we talk about their goals on what they want to make salary wise and where they're
1: at with revenue for the year and how they can make more by bringing yeah. more in okay and and is that that's like an annual conversation or do you guys talk about you know production often in one-on-one often company? that's often. that's often yeah, yeah. and a
3: lot, a lot of times with the managers uh with me one-on-one
1: with them it, it's less it right. should be more frequent but it's less frequent than what it should be yeah yeah but, no but that's that's honest i mean that's why you're a big you're going to be a bigger company you've got managers to do a lot of that uh reagan how about on your side you know uh you know, Sam has done uh, an average ticket of X and it's gone up each each year. And you talk to Sam about, hey, we, you know, you did this, we kind of, we're hoping you can try to do this next year or, or do you allow them to set it? Uh, how do you approach, you know, their goal setting? Cause obviously that flows back with your planning and mm-hmm. that affects how well you produce.
2: So <clears throat> I think similar to Larry, we say, hey, this is what you did and these are the expectations and you met those expectations. We're really proud of that. And this is how much you exceeded it by and, and what I always do is say because we do an hourly plus a percentage so I always show them hey this is a big on bringing up what they asked for coming in and then what they actually make and they always make way more than what they thought so I show them what they make what they produced, um, what their average ticket their closing ratio their club membership all of that so they can see where they're at because we talk about it daily as a team but for them individually um for that you know when at expo when um i think it was rebecca's class where she said that she can come in and and it feel like i don't remember what she said but like a slaughter like just come in and slash and burn and whatever like (laughs) i have totally been that person before and i still am but i try to temper that with remembering a couple things and a lot of Speaking, Larry, we're, we're the same. Like, we want to grow our own. We've got, I've got seven techs and five apprentices. So, like, yeah. we really are adamant about getting our next group into vehicles, just like you were saying. And that next generation, like, they don't want to be driven. They don't want to be driven hard in the sense of, hey, you produce this. And next yeah. year, you're going to have more, buddy. Like, right, that's so. Right. And, <laughs> and it's more so, like, yeah. thank you for doing this because you were able to produce more, this is how you provided for your team and for your family. We're gonna, like, we don't ever withhold, like, I always am bringing up, you guys, we have, I have to say kicked boxes, because I have to be careful with what I say. So we say, instead of kicking other things, we kick boxes. Uh. <laughs> you kicked a lot of boxes last, last month, we're gonna go celebrate, or we'll get new tools, different tools that they want for the van or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. that i think brings a lot of pride to them on hey i'm not only providing for my family but i'm providing for my team yeah
1: that's great i like that that's very good very good excellent right thank you reagan um obviously sales are not the only thing that matters you know when you're you're doing planning we got to be mindful that gross margin that's how the net dollars sprinkle down um larry how how do you kind of budget for for overtime and keep an eye on that throughout the year
3: the managers you know they, they look at their own people, right? And just yeah. making sure that overtime is justified and they're out there because of that. A lot of times it's uh, after hour calls yeah. when they're doing that. Um, on the, you know, on our other install departments, uh, you know, that that that's a beast in itself. You know, do you take the extra day or do you take the overtime? You know, we try to have that talk of where that line gets cut, right? Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to take the overtime and the extra day, right? but we'll mm-hmm. take a little bit of overtime if we don't have that extra day that we have to go out there. So, yeah. you know, that's 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 a manager job to to kind of really budget that and try to keep that under control and just be one-on-one with those install teams about being efficient out there and, and when, when to take that time and when not to.
1: Yeah, it's tough in, in, in HVAC especially because summer, you know, it's, you could be busy you know 20 hours a day really I, I would assume if you wanted to be right if they want to keep installing but you don't want to burn your guys out is there like a hard and fast rule like after 50 60 hours you just say hey it's not worth it or or what do you do you have any kind of a kpi like that or just judging well, team wow. by team so we you know a lot it, of agency you know. guys want to just make hay when the sun shines you know there's a lot right. of them here yeah yeah and you know and it, that's that's balancing uh we
3: had our install. Uh, one of our install leads July came because like he was just, I need a week. I just need a week, you know, yeah. just give me all, I need to take off for a week. And it was fine. You know, we brought some of the other younger guys up, some of the apprentices, they stepped in, did great. Yeah. It actually was a nice opportunity to get them a little bit more, um, a little bit more confidence on what they're doing. Yeah. So it was, it was good. And we planned those jobs. We knew ahead of time, we planned those easier jobs out for those of, apprentices and those those other tier people to take that over so that worked out well you know so
1: that that's a balance yeah well we'll definitely talk about the apprentices when we get into the manpower part because you both guys do again a great job and in, in funneling people through into your company um but right before we do that we'll, we'll stay on task here how do you guys manage budget you know budgeting overtime and making sure you don't spend too much there you don't burn the guys out um how, how do you how do you handle that
2: mm. Uh, I think a lot of what Larry said, managing it, evaluating the jobs. Hey, can we squeeze in another hour or two here so we're not wasting time tomorrow or or doing things like that? Um, It's also knowing your team. So, like, when you see that they've been working really hard, um, I keep in touch with my pretty close uh, with my dispatcher. But, you know, making sure she knows, hey, where are we at hours wise? Are we pushing guys dispatching for profits a lot? Like if it's at the end of the day and it's a job where it's like 40 minutes away and it's it's something that we all know, like you don't want to look at it this way, but we all know it's a certain type of job. And um, if the guys are already at, you know, over 40 hours and into like, you know, 45, 46, I know for a lot of people that that's not a lot. We try to keep it down. Like for us, once we're at. 45, 46, I'm like, meh, okay. You know, is it profitable? Right. Um, if he's way over his goal for the week, okay, great. But if if it's a time management thing, then I usually sit and talk with our field coordinator. He's my lead tech and just say, hey, I need you to get with so-and-so. You know, they didn't meet goal last week and they had like 42 hours, what's going on, or 43 hours. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, have you have either one of you ever done a, um, like a deep dive and gone, hey, once we get past, 47 hours, the jobs become less profitable. Have you ever noticed anything like that? No, I know, I know Gus has done, it, but obviously it's a much larger organization with a lot more people to do digs into something like that. So I I didn't know if that's something, or if you just notice it, maybe you didn't uh, do a dig into the numbers, but you're like, I can tell. I
2: don't necessarily know if it's less profitable. I notice that debriefs become sloppy. I notice work becomes sloppy. Callbacks happen. Yeah. Uh, Callbacks they you can tell they're trying to keep it up but they dra- they're dragging yeah. so that's where i'll notice it
1: yeah yeah poor morale and callbacks are not a good combination that's for sure no so. <laughs> uh larry we were talking about um you know materials all, before we hit record and it's been bananas and and how, how do you kind of budget for, for for these material costs that, that keep going up so as you were looking at 23 what do you uh you know, did you just kind of account that's going to go up an X amount percent, or what did you do? So it's probably not.
3: So we redid the price guide uh, mm-hmm. in a way that we can change our uh, pricing and our dispatch at a moment's notice right. uh, in, in the software, and it doesn't, the price guide's not affected by it. So that's great. When we did that, we just, you know, we needed to do it quicker because what was happening is we had the guide. It would take weeks to get it, you know, where we need to be, get up, get it out, and then we yeah. get it back, and then we get the pricing and the software, and then we get the books out. So we needed something that was quicker. Uh, if we know something's going up, we can change it at a moment's notice. Yep. And uh, the text didn't need to be told every single time, because it seems like every time that that new price increase comes up, our numbers dip a little bit because the techs aren't as confident
1: with it. So.
3: Now they don't even know. Like, they know the levels, so they'll see it, but it, yeah. it's not like
1: the big shock. Yeah, know? it's not like, here's your new book, you know, here, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's less of an ordeal. So it that is. Makes, it that is. And it, we can do, like, little steps now,
3: you know, so we can step it up a, a percent, and then a percent, and then a percent. And the techs aren't noticing the
1: big 7 8% jumps right right yeah instead of like hey we know we're going to do a big jump right now because we're printing these things and, and that's just how we have yeah. do it so that makes sense reagan how about you guys how, how do you kind of handling all these materials bonanza craziness
2: man i think the best one of the best things that we've done in the last year is having our price guide not having a book and we mm-hmm. have everything digital so we can just like you said larry update things as we need to go a little bit here ticks here and there um, that's super helpful because, you know, the to use the certain path like that mental end zone preparation. If a if a yeah. tech is going in, knowing I got to present this at this much higher and all, it gets to them. Their confidence is down, and customers can recognize that. So, is having a digital price guide or however you're going to do that. The second thing is is you you don't want to lose the benefit of having that book to show something to customers. So what we yeah. did is we created a pamphlet that okay. has all. Steps to the service call. It has all of our club membership info in there. Okay. It has our guarantees, why we're different. It has all of those first couple pages of the price guide in there. Yep. That's what they're presenting the customers. There's no pricing info on there. And honestly, there's no percentage numbers on there, even for the club membership, because I just said special discounts or special pricing Yeah. And uh, as I need to adjust potentially discounts.
1: That's a great idea. I, I was going to ask about, I mean, I, I know the... the being able to adjust the pricing is, is huge, right? But there is there's a lot of that value that the price guide provides, especially yeah. for for techs that aren't great communicators at first to kind of walk a homeowner through how the call is going to go that day. So I didn't know if you know if, if maybe use just the front part of the guide, and not not the levels themselves. So that's how you overcome.
2: it. We have a pamphlet, yeah.
1: Yeah, Larry, do you guys do anything? Do you use the book at all at the front end of it or 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 no? We use the book with no pricing, so just no pricing, right? Yeah, because
3: Um, I love on the HVAC side, they have the units there. They can take that book, walk right through what's going on with the system. It has every component in there. For the plumbing side, you have um, the water heaters that are in there. That makes it easy for the tech to explain to the customer what's going on. The drain cleaning, you have. Everything there that it it just steps it through everything and that you know what could be going on with those pipes underground, so right it it helps each one of those, so I think it's there as a tool i don't that's I right. didn't want to lose that tool, but on the same hand yeah. I didn't want to get you know I didn't want to lose it, and i with the pricing we just we just took out all the prices,
1: yeah, so I, that's great so your your texts do a really I'm good not job sure of using I understand. those illustrations. <laughs> no uh with iphone issue no i was just gonna say i was saying your techs do a good job of using those illustrations you guys train on that and and so a homeowner understands what's going on in their system it's not some made yeah. mumbo jumbo like you're going to an oil change place that's great that's fantastic yeah. now who uh larry say on your, your side i'm assuming it's your manager who's monitoring both the labor and the materials and the costs and stuff like that so you know to ticket up a percentage or two is, is it service managers of each department or who's kind of keeping an eye on that day-to-day service managers i look at at
3: it month to month once that month ends in i can i take we look at all the numbers so we have weekly meetings with all the managers uh, that we have a sit down that uh, we have a day-to-day with all the managers but that monthly month end is when we we look down we break down all the percentages where they're at why you know sometimes there's a reason why material's high or there's a reason why labor is high or there's there's something there, right? So mm-hmm. we always discuss that, see what the reason is. And
1: when start they both start to be high, that's when you know you're out of your your pricing's out of whack. So. That's great. That's a good nugget. How about how about you guys, Reagan? Who's who's watching that labor material percentages and noticing what's ticking up? I mean, is it just those regular meetings and where it's
2: discussed or ultimately it rolls to me. Um yeah. but I've I've got a couple team members that I'm developing. And so one of them is he volunteered to be in charge of like our supply stock area. So we have it on mm-hmm. consignment. And so he's really helped organize that and evaluate, okay, we really didn't need this. We don't need this. And as he's been learning, scanning those in, I'll review the ticket before we submit it, go over it with him like, hey, here's where we are. We're trying to hit this margin right now. We don't really need a whole bunch of this. We don't need to get to the full That's amount. Really right. So kind of evaluating that, especially when it gets down towards the end of the month, when we're trying to make sure we're within gross margin, like what jobs we have coming up, do we actually really need to go ahead and do a bulk order of this or that? Um,
3: yeah.
2: So he's helping with that. And then um, my field coordinator helps a lot with ensuring, as the techs are going to him on a technical level, that the advice that he's giving them is uh, keeping in mind material. So, what okay. are we using for this? How could we use things differently? Um,
1: so. Yeah. How often are you reviewing maybe the trucks themselves? Some guy doesn't have 8,000 rolls of tape or what, I don't know, whatever, I'm not technical. <laughs> you know? How do you make sure that the trucks don't end up into these massive warehouses themselves? I mean, what do you? What kind of a process do you use for, for inventory?
2: We're not, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. pack rats out there who all of a yeah. sudden now they've got all the things. That is something that we're really, Going to be focusing on and we're actually in our warehouse going to be fencing off our consignment area now because we haven't oh. had it fenced off so we're going to yeah. have a better way of keeping uh, inventory control and then once yeah. we have that then we can start saying okay you need all of these things and doing pull everything off and then put it on and then there's count, and it's and it's there
1: but okay we're not doing well that. with that no that's right. so wait, right now or do the guys just go grab it themselves if they're low on something or or how does that work yeah.
2: Yep, they go, and, and yep, we okay. just so yeah, started can... actually holding back on, which my material now is high this month, because we just started, we bulked up on art fault gra- uh, ground fault breakers, smokes, and surge protectors, and now I'm just keeping all of those in my office, and the same guy who's kind of helping me with the other stuff, he's <laughs> checking them in and out, so we actually have an inventory you're locking on the Yeah, but- You're
1: locking them up we- before you're locking them up
2: yeah they're locked up before they're locked up but that's going to help but yeah I oh, just yeah. spent a lot of money on it so my material is off right now but it'll be all right
1: not for much longer not that system so uh larry how about you guys how do you kind of make sure techs don't all of a sudden start becoming little curmudgeons where they hold every kind of piece of material they take over the in seven years <laughs> every one of them right you pull motors <laughs> off all kinds of stuff
3: um so what we just start we got a new warehouse person in which should change the game, but when a tech goes on vacation, those trucks are coming in, and that's mm. our opportunity for that's us good, to go good. through those trucks, get any yeah. kind of maintenance things done with them, and just go over it and just make sure what's on there is what's on there. Uh, we just now working on getting everything into our software for inventory, and we're going to start inventorying each truck, but that that I wish. Yeah. i wish i had that if anybody has one or two man crew do it now because
1: when you when you got a lot of trucks out there it that is a task and a half to try to do yeah, yeah. so that's that's good you're you're getting it under control now but uh it's it's a lot
3: a lot it's a lot, it's of, a lot. Wow. It, it is a lot but if we're just going to go in see what they are see what they are and when there are trucks are there in the morning i try to like pop my head in there and we kind of go through if we see a
1: lot of crazy stuff we'll we'll try to take care of that you know on a regular basis so your new warehouse person is he going to have like a bucket with with what materials need to be replenished be based on the previous days jobs or how is or is he just going to keep the back end organized and do ordering or what what is what are his tasks going to be mainly right now so
3: his tasks will be so currently if somebody's taking pulling stuff they're writing it down on a dry erase board. what truck it is we we all have po numbers uh hmm. they give their number what job it is give it to him and then we at least know where it's going and what needs to be replenished okay okay so that, that that's evolving that's evolving it's so. it, it <laughs> he's three weeks in so it's yeah yeah it's a
1: uh yeah Now, is he, do you have, is that, is he just like a straight hourly or is there kind of some kind of perk for him if he helps drive down? It's straight hourly
3: right now, but there's tiers for him Mm -hmm. to reach where that pay increases.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Goodman. Goodman is a brand of Daikin Comfort Technologies Incorporated, the number one HVAC manufacturer worldwide, with one of the world's largest state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities located near Houston, Texas. Since 1982, Goodman has focused on offering the best values for HVAC systems and supplies, producing energy-efficient, high-quality HVAC equipment that's easy to sell, install, and maintain. Goodman's continuous efforts have helped contribute to the success of many HVAC contractors like you. Goodman produces a complete line of residential ducted split systems and packaged units. The company's product line is supported by numerous technology enhancements, many exclusive to the Goodman brand. One example of exclusivity is the Google Nest Thermostat E plus Goodman thermostat. That brings together the helpfulness of Google with the year-round comfort of Goodman. Goodman also offers comfort bridge technology that allows Goodman systems to be connected to any 24-volt thermostat. And the cool cloud app allows contractors to connect, configure, and diagnose wirelessly. It's no wonder millions of homeowners say, Thank goodness for Goodman. Look for and be sure to follow Goodman on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.
1: Let's change it up a little bit because we only talk materials for so long before everyone turns it off. Uh, what uh, we, we, we know we, we need more sales. We need to get that gross margin. But if we're going to get more sales, we need more calls. So, marketing, everyone's favorite. Favorite subject. Uh Reagan, how do you guys kind of uh budget for marketing? What's your percentage at these days?
2: Man, <clears throat> talk about a weak spot. Um, our percentage right now is like seven percent. It's terrible. Yeah. So
1: for electrical, it's pretty
2: low. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's been all right for us for a while, but we've hit that that threshold where it's like, okay, we've got seven vehicle or seven service fans in this area. where small fairly small we know there's a lot more out there though so we actually are increasing it to 14 percent um and that's going to kick off uh we're going to start doing like ott and i gotta always think because i don't know anything about this but leaning on the certain path family so john plizzi with home service heroes and you know what he's doing he's a guru that and always willing to share hey what are you doing and even sharing his contacts billy bishop and you know i talk a lot with gary craddock over here at craddock electrical service like hey what are we yeah. all doing let's not reinvent the wheel and they've been great right with that so we're starting at 14 percent because we need to grow yeah
1: yeah that's uh that's a heavy investment so you're doing mostly in ott or is it more people pay- no, so right
2: none of that um right now it's mainly um seo and yeah. PPC, primarily, but then we do locally here in Clarksville, like there's a local news station that we advertise on their website. That's where people around locally get all their news from and then on the radio with them um, for the Clarksville stations.
1: Now, is that the new investment or is that you're just going to pour more
2: into that? We're going to be pouring more, pouring the new investment more into PPC, but primarily, mostly the OTT getting into people's homes in the way that, I mean, it's super smart. I mean, it's non-skippable. It'll be commercial. It'll be dedicated to our target base, yeah. Um, yeah. in specific areas where we're making the most money right now. And um, it's really incredible. We can is do that the, that.
1: Is, what's the demographics? I mean, you can set the demographics on that too. Can't
2: you? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. We, we set it based on household income and home yep. value, um, mm-hmm. zip code, and then age and and um Gender or so. Our demographic would be we're we're targeting household income, a hundred thousand dollars or seventy five thousand dollars and up. Yeah. And then uh, the house at like two hundred and fifty thousand and up. Yeah. Uh, with the housing market right now, that's a lo- that's a low price. Well, it is. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of our our great demographic. I want those houses. I want people who appreciate. It. Trades people and we find a lot of times those are the houses that you pull up to that really need the work. Uh, they're not the big, huge mansions with money bags. They're they're not our they're honestly not our target. Um,
1: yeah, that's so. it, that's interesting. Who's managing that? Is that an agent, local agency that's helping with the OTT stuff, or
2: it's um it is the OTT is Jeff Wagstaff with iHeartMedia. Um, mm-hmm. He's a referral from. John, uh, home service here, and a lot of people in the profit platoon down there in Florida are using him. And he's he's made his way up here to Tennessee. Um, he's been great, act, totally accessible and, and totally helpful in that area.
1: So, so, so those those digital spots you're creating are basically TV ads. Who who is he helping with the production of those as well, or is that he's, separate?
2: So basically, he laid it out and said, "Hey, here's two ways you can do it." they'll write the script for it. And then he's yeah. like, if you want us to to find someone to film it for you, then we can if you wanna do it. We've used um, a local company here before, when we, actually when we did our expo presentation, they're gonna help us with it. But Jeff is totally involved with that. So we actually have a call with them on Thursday and Jeff will be part of it to make sure and guide it that it's gonna be proper. And the great thing about that is that he's already worked with a lot of certain PATH members. So he understands yeah. that dynamic.
1: Are they mostly branding or are there any uh, discounted on service? Like, What, what's, you know, what, what are you guys going to do?
2: He did say, you know, we're focused a lot on branding, but he did say there should be a call to action on some mm-hmm. of them. So like 20 call now and mention this ad or something for, for $25 off service performed or, you know, something like that. And I'm really, again, going to be leaning heavily on him for his recommendation of that and potentially some of the other members for what's been successful for them.
1: So, so who's 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 in the spots? Is it Chris so, or is it the whole team uh, or what? Yeah, what do they look wanna,
2: like? It's gonna probably be a mixture. We haven't filmed them yet. We okay, need to get yeah. it done for the end of the year. But it's yeah. gonna be probably utilizing one of our homes and one of our team members. Uh, it's definitely important. Chris is uh, pretty visible in our community, so at some yeah. point we want him to be on there and his voice kind of talking about it. Um, so that's what our plan is.
1: That's cool. Well, that's very exciting. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so you said, so the OTTs, you said the, and the TV and radio are new as well, right?
2: <clears throat> yeah, we're not doing any TV. Um, no TV the, it,
1: okay.
2: TV, I guess be like the OTT.
1: It would be the OTT, uh, we're yeah.
2: Radio, uh, we're doing radio ads and we've done like a sponsorship. Clarksville's opening a new basically arena and I know we've got like a, a sponsorship there. Um, and in marketing, our vans get a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we have pretty unique vans, um, so you can't really drive anywhere without seeing them, just in yeah. our, our local community. So that's helpful to have those attention-grabbing vans.
1: Is, is, was the radio a new component, though? That's, I was trying to get into that. Or is that something you had been doing?
2: Radio is new in the last three months.
1: Three months. So. Are, you, are you starting to see it pick up a little bit? Because three to six months can be kind of that. So, yeah, Here
2: It started, it's kind of getting into a slower season, so it's hard to tell. I'll say yeah. I've been out and about and someone said, oh, I heard this that, you know, and I'll hear it on the radio. But I don't think we've entirely penetrated that branding space yet where it's top of mind and as often as it needs to be. We're still getting into that.
1: Is it is a talk or music or what do you what do you guys do?
2: It's a thing where it's it oh, it's talk and music. So it's like outlaw country and then uh more of like a, a news station, like a conservative news station, yep. um that's here in the area. And the the script is basically like sorry guys, but a husband's fumbling around and clearly messed something up and the wife's like, ah, God, man, I'm calling Travis and then it's like a call <laughs> oh, Travis for you know,
1: yeah kind of thing. Yeah. Are, are they stacked during drive time or, or just all in one day drive or time. Oh, drive
3: time? During yep.
2: drive yeah. time. And um, you know, learning point was for me really paying attention because initially I didn't hear it on the weekend and I was in my yard working all weekend, went in and I had it on to hear it and I called him like, hey, <laughs> I missed this. I've been in, working in the yard for two days. I didn't hear it. Like, oh, well, it wasn't on the weekend. And I was like, okay. So right. paying attention to the details is important.
1: Yeah, no, but it's good to do during drive time though. That, I, that, yeah. That's a good nugget that you're doing, so that, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's good stuff. All right, well, well, thank you for allowing me to pepper you with those that round robin marketing questions, Larry, Larry. How about you guys? What are you uh, budgeting for marketing in, in 23? Uh, six to eight percent of revenue yeah, that's a the gr- market. Sixteen, you said? No, six to eight. Six to eight. Oh, okay. I was going to say six yep. 16. I almost fell out of my chair. Okay. Yeah. Right, no,
3: no, no, no. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm sad. I'm, I'm pretty thrifty when it comes to <laughs> the marketing. Right. So, yeah, well, that's I, I all right. Really that's not that far that. off from the model. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we do do some branding. We do do some TV and I, we do a lot of OTT, uh, digital marketing, PPC, yeah. and, you know, LSAs, so, uh, you know, but uh, yeah. if I don't have to spend spend it, we kind of draw it back a little bit. I committed to the
1: TV and the OTT. Yeah, yeah, that's new, right? We we talked about that was what in the last six months that that's been going on, or has it been a year? Yeah, that's
3: started in April.
1: Right. How's that doing been on the pre- TV? And
3: <sighs> I don't know. I I allocated the money to it, so I'm not. Yeah, it's. I don't see a huge benefit in it. Uh, it's branding, I guess, branding. right? So your yep. name's yep. out there. Puts a little bit behind you. Call-wise, if you want phone calls, and that's all you're trying to put your mark into for those phone calls, I don't feel that's that's the best thing for your buck. Yeah. Uh, for
1: not a me- it's, it's
3: not immediate gratification. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's, you know, that branding, great. You know, they know where they go, you know, where to go when they need you. Yeah. Um, the digital marketing i think if you want if you want direct phone calls digital marketing is somewhere where you're going to be seen all over the place you want to really drive people to your website and then that remarketing is so so cheap and you can remarket to those people over and over and over again which is going to go away if congress doesn't do anything by uh, next July so you we're not going to be able to collect that data right. so you want to get as many people to your website now as
1: possible. Right, right, right. So um, what what does your remarketing look like? Is there just banner ads that pop up all over or what does what your remarketing look like? Yeah,
3: right. uh, banner ads, uh, we're gonna see where they're going. Uh, you can actually see where they came into, what websites they were driven to, and okay. then remarket those products to those customers. So it there's a whole science behind it. Uh, we do a lot of it and the remarketing, I mean you can hit a thousand,
1: less you know, over a thousand people for like fifty-four cents. It is so cheap. it's interesting. You, you it's product oriented. Your 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 ads are, are product oriented. Like well you can see what what yeah, you can see where they were on the website.
3: So if yeah. somebody comes in and jumps over to the water heaters or jumps over to drain cleaning, you can kind of you can hit those. You yeah. know
1: where they went to and you can hit those people that those ads. So will your so will your ad then say, hey, water heater for fifty dollars off or something? Or what is your what is your ad look like then? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. A lot of times we'll send commercials, uh pop-ups, some will have drain cleaning on,
3: some will have pipelining, uh, you know, HVAC. All depends on what
1: where they were at. yeah. Now who who's managing all that for you? Do you have a vendor that's doing that? And yeah, uh yeah, one
3: of the local SEO companies yeah does that. Uh, OTT we do through Cumulus uh, and that's separate that we get names addresses uh, you know and I think we get email addresses that we can remarket to them for that but we can cross the OTT we can cross our data on our uh, our, uh, software to see if those customers actually came in and you know used us
1: yeah yeah so Now, are you and you're the marketing contact right on your side, right? You don't have anyone that that does marketing for you. me and Heather.
3: So Heather Heather, does. I I get the ball rolling. I give it to her and (laughs) I kick. the. I go, here you go. You know, can you finish this up?
1: So, Larry, I always appreciate you know what you like and what you don't like. and You don't fiddle with what you don't like. I I do appreciate (laughs) that. No, there's no that's good. Delegation's huge, though. That's 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 massive. So very good. All right. Well, hey, we we were man. We're doing marketing. We got more calls. That means we need more manpower. You guys both do a great job of, of funneling, uh, you know, people into your organization. Uh, Reagan, let's let's start with you. What are you guys doing uh, to find? Kind of share with everyone what you guys are doing to to find, you know, young people, new people in the trade. You, you guys do all sorts of stuff.
2: Wow. Okay, so we advertise on Indeed. Um, That's helpful for us. I know it doesn't work for everybody. It has has worked for us. Um, We also are uh, we're big on we want our team to kind of come in and grow with us and become in bands So our apprentices. So if we find somebody that we interview and they're a real go getter and they just need to learn the trade, we can teach them that. Um, So we'll bring them on. And so right now I got five and that's that's a little heavy for me, but I there's great potential. And like Larry was saying, I got two that are probably going to be able to get in vans next year. And I got those vans ordered for them. So like, well, it's not dedicated to them, but you get what I'm saying. Yep. Um, yep. I think it all also goes back to your reputation. Um, the way that you treat your team, people start talking about that. So when they're in supply houses or when they're on jobs and they're working next to other people and whatnot, that, that really matters. That's how we, <clears throat> over the years gotten a lot more interest um i don't know if that fully answers your question but if i would if someone asked me hey how do you guys find who you you need we are really fortunate right now that 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 helps us a lot um
1: and you had people come in from out of state i know at least a a couple right and you'll you'll fly them in and 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 do that we've done that
2: we got one coming uh, actually probably next week. Thank God he was already coming here for Thanksgiving. So like, we're just like, okay, great. We'll see you then. But um, <laughs> we've had great success with that. I'm telling you when they see that we're willing to roll out the red carpet for them too. And this is this is, this only happens after a phone interview and after a, a video interview and some of those things where we feel like this person actually might be a good point. And then we also check the references prior to any of this. So yeah. once we're ready to make that investment with them, um, and it, it comes back, it comes back in threefold because they're already invested because they see that we're invested in them. Their families are invested because we invite their spouse to come. Because um, if they're moving from across the country, like that's scary. Yeah. So we you have- take them to dinner. House. Go to dinner. Take,
1: yeah.
2: We go to dinner. One of them we actually even had, um, and, and this was for an apprentice, just saying, but he'll be probably ready to, I met with him this morning to get in a van probably uh first end of first quarter next year um he and his wife came and his wife actually came to a portion of the interview yeah. um that was the first time that had happened but we were yeah. trying to be a of flexible with it
1: right so and, and what are you guys doing with the apprenticeship program you were talking about you guys are doing some unique stuff maybe kind of outline that for everybody
2: what do we oh man um so they meet twice a week here and it is a an accredited apprenticeship program with the Department of labor um so in Tennessee that you're not required to have a license, so we're a little bit different in that way. it's pretty yeah. it's pretty lax, honestly but um so they come twice a week, they have their tests it's the curriculum is the my Cult curriculum the, um and so we have our instructor that teach them. We tell them you know we want them to stay here. we've got twenty guys enrolled in it right now, and they're all on our team, so next year it'll become a little more um picky and they'll have to apply for it because there's a lot of other people that we've joined our team that hasn't uh been part of that but the goal is to teach them the technical side and have a training wall set up so that they understand everything that they can do so especially for service so when they're out in the field they can say hey this is the training that i've had and i understand it and let me explain it to you in, in terms that you can understand it so building that confidence level for them is crucial so that customers have confidence to buy from us
1: yeah that's great fantastic uh, Larry, Larry, how about you guys? How do you account for manpower? I know uh, you you got tons of uh, uh, apprentices and stuff. We talked, we've had you talk on stage about it. Maybe kind of outline forever, because I, I want to dig into this part because what you do is so incredible. What what all share with how, how you get young people involved and in, in the apprenticeships and all that good stuff. So we recruit for most of the schools. We get
3: very small uh, amount of our people come from outside the schools and
1: experience
3: yeah um, we do look for experience and we still you know we do the indeed which we don't get a whole lot of uh, stuff on there uh, but most of our people I, I'm on all the OAC boards which is occupational advisory committee on um, four of the local high schools two of the post schools I do skills USA not the I do all the high school stuff so yeah. all the schools know who we are Uh, All the teachers know who we are. I attend all their stuff. I support the schools. I go in there and we pretty much uh, get handpicks for the job shadows. They come in, they do a couple days work with us. If they meet the criteria and they, you know, they're a good fit, we'll bring them in for co op. Co op turns into a summer internship. Summer internship turns into a full time job eventually. So, and we get them as, as young as. Coming out of their sophomore sophomore year, into their junior year, junior year into their senior year for their summer internships. So you can ha- we can have somebody for two two and a
1: half years before they even graduate. Yeah, you really know who they are as a person before you give them a full time job.
3: Yeah, um, and the one school we have a uh, they'll take a student and they'll if the, as long as the student has enough of the criteria met, they'll put them on a total virtual school will go in the school on Friday do that virtual school but for 4 days we had that student full time all day long
1: that's great now how, i for people that are intrigued how did you nurture those relationships with those schools was it just volunteering to help help them out or what if they want to do the same thing and they have a few schools maybe in their marketplace that that you know that they could they can learn that deal with technical students or whatever what, how did you get that rolling any school that had gets money from the government,
3: has an OAC for every class that they have for a technical class. Um, you want to get on that board. Start to know the teacher. Start making those conversations. And if you're pulling students from those classes, I mean, we'll, we get first pick on any one of those classes. Uh, we get to know the students, get the first pick. Unless that student wants to specifically go somewhere or have a relationship with somewhere, somewhere, we can usually drive that student to us.
1: And and you don't take I want to people here you don't take everybody. You've got you, oh, no. a lot you can be selective and, and you are, which is which is great to be in that position. Oh they they don't fit. My managers know They they're not a fit. We cut them, send them right
3: back to school. You don't and you don't have you don't have to worry about working uh or unemployment, you know, you're you're saying you don't usually have to worry about health care when they do come off full time because they're usually all mom and dads for years sure. afterwards. Uh, you're going to have to put training into them. So you're going to have to put money in that way. But besides the training, they're on the lower end of the scale on on pay. So you're not bringing in somebody that, you know, is on that higher end and you're going to create their habits. So they're not going to come in with all this baggage. So those are the things we really try to work on and then just train that skill and then bring them in and give them low level, you know, once they, you know, prove themselves and they, get enough behind them and you, they can get into a truck you just progressively move them up
1: that's great so then as you know you know to bring it back in this planning for growth as you move into 23 you go okay i know i've got three three young people ready for those trucks we need to have those trucks ready you know in, in six months or whatever so you have that kind of written out you know and, and, and you, you have the marketing and so you know you'll have the, the, the calls for them so that that's nice that you have that that kind of uh ability to do that so that's great. That's great. Well, good stuff. Um, I kind of want to. We're, we're the hours is, is quickly going. I kind of want to hit a few other things before we wrap up. Uh, how about how about trucks? How are you guys managing trucks? I know vehicles have been a big issue. Uh, Reagan, you, I think you just said you you've got what two or three trucks sitting because you know you have apprentices about ready. Is that kind of where we are today? You just got to buy them when when they're available and, and sit on them. Uh,
2: no, I don't have them. So I got two coming in the first quarter they should be coming I did have one sitting and then uh it's being utilized on the construction side right now a, a van so yeah <laughs> you, gotta get them, you gotta get them while you can get them too and, and be planning right. way ahead that's one thing that I, I would say um, if you can get a company to help you source them or whatnot that's helpful yeah but keep it in the forefront of your mind just to get them while you, while you can and when you can
1: yeah yep For sure for sure larry how about you guys so have you been managing the truck situation vehicle situation i know i think it's getting a little easier but i don't think it's it's great it's not great and none of the
3: vehicles are yeah
1: we have issues with every
3: brand that we buy so it's you don't have a special brand out there that you don't have issues with yeah but yeah it's just having you know we always want one in the in the parking lot ready to go when one breaks down or we need something but if we know These people are going to be graduating, and like just because they're graduating, you know, we know about when they're going to be able to be ready to start running those, you know, level priority one, you know, priority four service calls, those lower priority service calls or easier service calls. So we'll plan for that and try to get that truck a month or two ahead of time so we can get it wrapped, we can get it stocked, have it ready, you know, do those things. And we want that tech to be comfortable confident enough be able to be in there so they'll you know they'll be in the, the driver's seat they'll be running that call with somebody right next to them for a while so we know
1: it's never okay he's ready this week we always know ahead of time sure do you now do you guys do you buy or do you lease your, your trucks we buy you buy your trucks Reagan how about you guys Do you buy or lease lease you lease okay now what you know for how long are your, is your lease then
2: So, prior to two, about a year and a half ago, we did buy them, um, and then we decided that we were going to do the lease, and um, basically, Jones is the one to ask more about this one, but they help us manage when the right time is to sell them based on the mileage and get the most out of them. We found when we were buying, we weren't managing it that well, and so, all of a sudden, we'd have a bunch of vehicles that were kaput.
1: Yeah, yeah. Larry, how about you guys? Is there a set time when you retire vehicles, or you just kind of ride them till, till so you're like, okay, they're getting to be too much trouble.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, that's a balance, right? So yeah, it's when they start being a, a nuisance, yeah. you know. And we know ahead of time. I mean, you know, mileage wise, where you're at, and you know, once you start hitting that hundred thousand, and you start going to that hundred thousand, you know, they're, I mean, the techs don't drive them like an owner would drive a vehicle. No. They they get beat pretty quick. Yeah. But that we don't we have a small we try to market in a smaller area, so we're not putting a ton of miles on the vehicle. So we you know we're hoping to get seven, maybe ten years out of a vehicle. Ten is like that's
1: a rarity, but sure try. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, very good. Uh okay, let's kind of wrap up a little bit. Um how do you how do you kind of manage and adjust your plan throughout the year, Larry? How about you? You set the plan, and all of a sudden you go, oh, you know, budget. We're going, we're doing well, or or maybe we're behind a little. I mean, how is it? Is it often it gets readjusted, or how often do you look at it? All
3: year, all year. <laughs> all year some, and the things you can, yeah. you know, there's not a whole like the marketing. That's something you can adjust. The healthcare, you already made that decision. Liability sure. insurance, you made that decision. Workman's comp, that's pretty much set. Um, you know, so, you know, pricing is a big thing, um, truck wise and stock, and those are the things that you can really control. And, you know, the marketing is the biggest because if, if we have a lot of calls coming in and we're, we're booked out, which we don't book out for weeks, but if we're, if we're booked out a week, we know we're going to have enough calls for a while. We're going to back off on that market we're not going to pay, you know, for the pay for clicks. We're going to back We're going to back off the most expensive stuff. And there's marketing things there that you can turn on and off like a switch.
2: You never want to back
3: it all the way off, but you can downsize your budget and do sure. things there.
1: That's great. That's great. Reagan, how about you guys?
2: Um,
1: how often are you looking at your about, plan? Yeah, you, you guys are quarterly. I know that for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Larry hit some of the bigger picture stuff. I'll just say what's helpful for us is keeping your finger on the pulse of like your KPIs daily. So Mm -hmm. knowing like, where are we at today for this week to hit our goal? Where are we at for the month to hit our goal? Where are we at on this day with our closing percentage? A lot of times I'll try and pivot and shift and just say, okay, closing percentage is low. Stop trying to hit this huge lofty goal. All I want y'all to work on is I just want our closing percentage, close the job. And that helps them with, well, first of all, we're not spinning our wheels on wasting calls. Helps them with their confidence level. It creates happy customers, and that in turn helps us with some more referrals and marketing. So, That's I would great. say just make sure you track your KPIs and communicate your KPIs daily, and you can make small adjustments right there. In addition That's to every, Larry nailed it with his advice.
1: That's good. Very good. Well, excellent. Uh, last question for for each of you, uh, Larry. Just kind of any final advice you might have for the audience to kind of as it pertains to planning and strategic planning i know i know you've gone to the strategic planning course a couple of times rebecca does it. i think i actually just wrapped up a couple of weeks ago uh, but anything you'd, you'd pass along just they
3: have on the hub there's spreadsheets that you can use uh we use our marketing there so we made it our own so i have three different ones uh, the one is everything we put everything in that marketing budget that we could possibly do and then we kind of make one of okay ideally this is what we're going to do to stay within budget and then you have an actual one and that actual one has your ups and downs on all your costs from mm-hmm. that year where you're you're at so you can kind of track it and see you know if, if we budgeted for eight and we come back in at six I'm that's ecstatic, right? And we yep. hit the numbers when we got the calls we needed and everything. I'd love to have that number locked down. My yep. wife does too. She hates seeing, seeing that. I, I mean, those Google when they hit that credit card every couple of days because you're hit and hit and hit and hit. It's there's a big chunk going out. So oh yeah, you know it's, yeah, you know if you can lessen that, uh, sure. You know we always try to.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially you got the calls, right? So for sure. Yeah. If you got the calls the and you don't, you
3: know, if you want to dump that money money into branding, right, that's yeah. great. But if you got the calls and you want to save that money you want to try to keep your, you know, put that money
1: somewhere else in your company, that's, you know, that's what we kind of look to do. Yeah. That's good. Good stuff. Reagan. kind of any final words in terms of strategic planning for anybody?
2: I would just say, and this is what i say at any of the expos too is just pick three things because there are so many things you could do for planning sure pick three things that you can do and work at and if you're not even sure which three to pick ask your coach and just say here's my business yeah tell yeah. me three things that i need to work on and hold me accountable to that and just pick three because even there's a lot you could do yeah no that's lot, good. sometimes you get paralysis of analysis so <laughs> Yep,
1: use your coach. There's a lot of resources on, on this side of the aisle for sure. So excellent. Well, Larry, Reagan, thank you both so much for your time today. Thank you everyone that watched live and, and, and participated. And uh, finally, for those of you interested, this video will be available soon on the Certain Path member website, the Hub. Uh, a little later, it'll be distributed uh, as an episode of the Successful Contractor podcast, which is available on YouTube and your podcast player of choice. And please join me again next month to discuss uh, invoice and P&L review that's that'll be on Wednesday, December 14th. So I figured that would marry well with today's topic. Um, I thought it. Uh, yeah. So I think I'm looking, It matches well with what we talked about today. So looking forward to that uh, again. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate it. Thank you again, everyone, for your time. I had a great, uh, great time with you guys and have a great holiday. If I don't see you before. So take care. All
2: right. You too. Bye Thank you so much. Take thank you very much. much.
1: Take care. Bye. That's Reagan Thomas from Travis Electrical Services in Clarksville, Tennessee, and Larry Shoemaker from Deluxe Plumbing and Heating in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, discussing planning for growth. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If so, please like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on your favorite podcast player, please leave us a five-star review. The two seconds you take to leave a review will help other success-minded contractors like you find us and hopefully get a little bit better, which elevates our entire industry. And finally, please be sure to join me for future episodes. This has been The Successful Contractor, powered by CertainTap.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Staples. Staples is the leading provider in office supplies, offering a vast selection of products and services. Over the last two years, Staples has also become one of America's largest janitorial suppliers as well. From your everyday business essentials to your office furniture, printing facilities, and break room, Staples can do it all. Staples offers benefits to help create efficiencies in procurement and consolidate vendors to streamline internal processes. Visit www.staplesadvantage.com to learn more. The Successful Contractor Podcast is part of the Certain Path family. Certain Path builds successful home service businesses and has for 23 years. We do it by providing contractors with a proven path to success, professional coaching, software solutions, and a member community of over 1,000 contractors just like you. Doubling your sales with a 20% net profit and an inspiring company culture is all possible. Let us show you the way. With Certain Path, success is made certain. Visit www.mycertainpath.com for more information.